0: The Armchair Cricket Podcast, news Hello all, welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I am your host Ajit and this is a digest episode where we will take a look at some of the exciting news from the IPL 2020 tournament which has just about reached its halfway stage today and uh, some COVID-related news, as well as some off-field cricketing news. I am just recording this episode after the match uh, between RCB and KKR, which uh, RCB won comfortably. So if you were to take a look uh, at some of the interesting matches that happened during the week. So we know that, you know, with this win, RCB have taken the third place. So before we take a look at the table as well. There have been some very, very interesting games throughout this uh, week As well as some very, you know, predictable ones So, for example, the week started when Mumbai, you know, led by Bolt Comfortably beat uh, SRH This was a one-sided game And uh, surprisingly, you know, Chennai Super Kings who have been sort of subdued this season uh, Started to mount a comeback They won their second game by beating uh, King Sylvan Punjab It was a big chase, but, you know, they won it by 10 wickets Comfortably sort of giving us all fans a hope that CSK started its, uh, you know, comeback but that was not to be, as some of the other games uh, later in the week proved. But in the meantime, when we talk of more, you know, predictable or one-sided games, Delhi Capitals, who, you know, sort of look like the found team so far, beat RCV comfortably by 59 runs. And then Mumbai Indians again beat Rajasthan Royals comfortably. Uh, then came the series of, you know, unexpected results. So it all started with Chennai Super Kings. They were uh, doing really well on the middling sort of a total from KKR. But then... You know, Dinesh Karthik must be given a bit of credit here because of the way he bowled his spinners. And once Raidu got out, I think uh, yeah, it must be said, Chennai choked and they lost by 10 runs. Um, similarly, you know, Kings 11 uh, Punjab again uh, in a game against KKR. They had clearly won the game. They needed 21 runs of just 19 balls, but they had two set batsmen and nine wickets in hand. But somehow they managed to mess that up and uh, they lost to KKR here again. Especially, you know, the performance of Narayan in that game was very, very crucial as well. Then began these uh, last, let's say, the four uh, very crucial matches, the double headers over the weekend on Monday. So, in the first of those Royal Challenges, Bangalore beat CSK. Sort of, you know, CSK, RCB in, a, in another cricketing podcast. Uh, it's called the Cricket Connecticut Podcast. The hosts called it the Kaveri Derby. So, in the Kaveri Derby, RCB beat CSK and sort of CSK's run was halted again. And it was not a very tight contest, it must be said And uh, sort of RCB came out on top very comfortably Even though they had a very middling sort of a total They were guided there by their captain, Virat Kohli, who made a 90 of just 52 balls He was sort of run a ball up to his 30th, 32nd ball But then on, he accelerated very smoothly in the last four overs And then he had some help uh, also from Shivam Dube at the end And the bowlers proved uh, too tough for CSK Because, again, Raidu made a telling contribution, but he could not lift his run rate when it uh, came to, you know, picking up the pace, as Kohli was able to. And then Dhoni made 10, and Jagadishan, who was playing his first game for uh, CSK this season, made 33, but again, he couldn't he could pick up the pace and he was out. So, following this game, again, uh, Tevatiya, who seems to have developed a knack for, you know, uh, pulling uh, the coals out of fire as far as... uh, Rajasthan Royals are concerned. Again, him along with Riyan Parag, one of the stars of tomorrow as far well as Indian cricket is concerned, pulled the coal out of the fire for Rajasthan Royals as, uh, you know, they beat Sunrise Hyderabad on a very, very sluggish pitch. At least Sunrise Hyderabad looked like they were going to win the game very, very comfortably. Only in the last three to four overs, they not only picked up scoring, Parag and Tevatiya but also, you know, looked very comfortable doing it. This too against some very, very uh, good bowlers it must be said so for example Khalil Ahmad had a very good day until that point became very costly same for Natrajan and so on this was sort of unexpected because what these two did well was they played out Rashid Khan who was really really bowling well he finished 4 overs 25 for 2 in such a high scoring contest but they played him out as a result you know they knew which bowlers they wanted to target and they did that very comfortably to win the game and then the last two games so Mumbai Indians Again, um, won a very very close game against um, Delhi Capitals So these two are indeed the top two place teams currently But of these two, Delhi Capitals, you know, they are running on the youthful energy that their team is full of And I think uh, many players like Hetmeyer, who is being coached by Ponting very closely, he says Are benefiting from the team environment and you can see them gel very nicely together And well, they were only able to put up um, a middling sort of a score, 162 But given that They have some very incisive fast bowling. It could probably not have been very easy to chase. And so it proved, because how far ahead of the game Mumbai had gotten, two of the last three overs were bowled by Rabada and Norkia. And they pulled the match back, giving seven runs in the last over, to Stoinis, who's become the sort of the magic card or the ace, as far as uh, Delhi capital scores with the ball at the end. But, you know, uh, Pollard stayed at the end and his experience. And then Krunal Pandya hit a couple of, you know, crucial shots. And that took... Mumbai home in the last overs. It was a very thrilling sort of a match But Mumbai proved too strong because I think At the end Delhi Capitals could have done with 10 or 15 more runs But yeah, uh, they already had a reasonable total but they couldn't Let's say win the game from that Then we come to the last match of the first half of IPU So at the end of this game, the game between RCB and KKR uh, All teams have played 7 games So in this game again RCB were sort of looking at a middling sort of a score You know, after 12 hours, I remember tweeting, they were um, looking to be predicted at least to have scored somewhere between 148 to 155. And, you know, with them big shots towards the end, 160-165 was what it could have been. But then there was this guy called A.B. De Villiers, right? So, out of nowhere, he burst uh, with his, you know, powerful hitting at the end like a cracker. And then uh, he scored 73 of 33, unbeaten. And... No, it's rare to say that somebody uh, outshined Kohli, but that's exactly what happened because Kohli himself took the, you know, the supporting role. He made 33 of 28 and remained unbeaten, but the 194 runs that they scored uh, was going to be too, too costly or too heavy because KKR had a new bat batting pair to start off. Tom Banton had been included in the 11 and uh, Rahul Tripathi dropped down the order, but they were not able to really get them off to a very great start. Even though Shubman Gill looked in very good form, uh, he got out for a needless run out. It must be said, he made 34 of 25. But then that was the highest score in the innings. Nobody really kicked on. The middle order failed with Nitish Rana and Morgan, Dinesh Karthik, all making single figures. Andrew Russell and Rahul Tripathi sort of tried to revive the innings a bit. But once Russell departed for 16, it was more or less obvious that RCB would win the game. But then the Let's say the suspense remained with how many runs would they be able to clinch this game because if you remember, they had a very, very bad net run rate after lo- losing uh, to King seven Punjab very early on through a huge margin. You know, So in this case, they got a chance to redeem themselves a little bit. So having restricted KKR to 112-9 for at the end of 20 overs, that means they achieved a h- big victory, 82 runs, and they have more or less brought their net run rate very close to zero even though it still remains on the negative side we now were to take a quick look at the points table, we can see that um, Mumbai Indians and Delhi Capitals, these both are at the top 10 points each and they have a positive net run rate of plus one and more. Royal Challenge Bangalore are third. They have a 10 point you know, total as well, but their uh, net run rate is just Close to 0 but it's on the negative side Minus 0.116 And then you have Knight Riders who lost uh, today And then Sunrisers in The Knight Riders do have 8 points they are fourth. These 4 teams are now comfortably placed It must be said uh, The first 3 a lot more than KKR But they say the cutoff is about 8 wins In a 14 game league The cutoff is 8 wins And uh, the first 3 teams which are, are Mumbai Indians, Delhi Capitals and Royal Chances, Bangalore They are very close to achieving these 8, eight wins They have 5 already but then Sunrise and Rajasthan Royals are not completely out of it. They have 3-3 three three wins each. KKR will have to do a little bit of, they'll have to do a bit of a hard running very early on in the second half. That means they will give themselves a chance. If they can win the, let's say, the 3 out of 3 in the next 3 games, it's a lot to ask, but if they can do that, they would, I'm sure, be back in the reckoning. But then somebody like Sunrise Hyderabad had to do a lot more. They'll have They'll have to win probably, out of the remaining 7 games, they'll have to win 5, which is asking a lot. Considering that, you know, Rajasthan Royals are also in a similar place. But Sunrise and look like they are building up the momentum. It looks like early on in the piece they had it, but suddenly they lost it and they have lost a couple of matches back-to-back. But considering the way they played over the double-headers of the weekend, they are sort of picking it up the pace again. So now if we come to the, you know, uh, surprisingly Chennai Super Kings is at the 7th position. They have lost 5 games and won only 2. And um, yeah, as Dhoni put it after the... Saturday's loss, they need to each look at how they have been playing and they need to pick up their performances. So, I think he obliquely indicated somebody like Raidu could have done a better job, but it was not going to be easy scoring a lot of runs very quickly in that game and it, so it turned out because somebody like Kohli as well had struggled and so did Raidu. Maybe there is there is a bit of blame to go around, but it still remains to be seen if the squad choices that Chennai have made are the ones that are troubling them. But you know, the champion team the Chennai is, we all expect they will do a lot of hard work from this point on and maybe you may see a new Chennai team, they'll definitely need to win 5 of the remaining 7 games to even give themselves a chance if not 6. So that's going to be a very tough challenge. The last place team is King and Punjab who have just won 1 game and have lost 6. And that basically means they have to win all 7 games to even stand a chance of qualifying for the, the qualifiers or even knockouts. So in this case, It looks really impossible for them, but you know, stranger things have happened in cricket. There have been teams like Pakistan who have come back from the dead to win World Cups or Champions Trophies. And therefore, you never write a team off in such a long tournament. So, maybe they pick up a bit of momentum, a couple of easy wins and then they get all the wins they need. So, all of this remains to be seen. So, a lot of exciting cricket coming up as well as IPL is concerned. But if you were to take a look at some of the off-field IPL news, in a bit of very serious news, it looks like one IPL player has... Reported an alleged corruption approach So uh, the suspicion is that this may have come through an online source Because currently the tournament is being held in the United Arab Emirates And because of the corona conditions We know that the players are in a bio-bubble And it's very difficult to approach a player for some third party Who is not actually approved to be in the place So it looks like it might be an online approach So the BCCI anti-corruption unit, ACU, has been alerted about it And they are working on it It looks like they have also been aware of such Let's say they had been expecting such approaches, so they are monitoring the situation. It looks like we'll get to know a bit more in the upcoming weeks. So clearly, the name of the player or the team has not been revealed and may not be revealed. But let's see how the news story unfolds. In in a bit of injury related news from IPL, so Amit Mishra, who you know injured his finger trying to take a catch earlier this week, has been ruled out of IPL 2020 due to the finger injury. Unfortunately, again for um, you know Delhi Capitals, Ishan Sharma has been ruled out. Uh, due to a muzzle tear in his ribcage during practice He did not get a game this season But both these players will be very crucial In at least maintaining the balance as far as Delhi Capitals are concerned Because, you know, Henrik Norke and uh, Khaziv Sorabada Overall base bowling attack is very, very effective there But at some point in time, they'll need to start rotating their faster bowlers Because otherwise they might get a bit, you know, weary Or they may get a bit jaded So they'll need to get a bit of break So this is going to be a bit tough if Considering they've lost these two important players And um, Bhuneshwar Kumar, who sort of limped out in the 19th over in that game against CSK, it looked like he's injured his thigh and has been ruled out of 2020's IPL edition. So, again, another uh, blow as far as uh, SRH are concerned. But they seem to have a bit of depth, Sandeep Sharma and others there. So, I think they're going to manage now, but given how they have performed in the first half of the tournament, they would definitely have used somebody like Bhuneshwar Kumar with his experience and also, you know, he can bat a bit. So that could be a bit of a problem. Uh, When it comes to DC and Delhi Capitals, it looks like their troubles are not over because Pant has suffered a minor hamstring niggle. This happened in the weekend double-headers and has been ruled out for a week. So, you know, he's a very crucial crucial part because he's a left-hander. He is able to hit out and he plays in the middle order and, of course, he's also the keeper. So, again, the balance of the upcoming few games for DC will be a challenge. I think they're going to manage and because they are on the top of the table, even a couple of reverses in between, they'll be able to pick up once their entire squad is again available to choose from. In the meantime, Gail, who actually has not got a game for Kings and Punjab, but he was actually uh, suffering from food poisoning. Therefore, he couldn't play their last game. So, the coach of Kings and Punjab, Kumble, revealed this in an interview post-match. But looks like now Gail has recovered and will be available for the remaining games. So, it looks to be seen whether King and Punjab, who have the highest scorer in the league so far, Gail Rahul, also a very successful Opener along with him, Mayank. Whether, you know, they'll want to separate these two or maybe Gale can play at one drop. It remains to be seen how it goes. But somebody with his experience and his firepower being available is always good news. Not to forget that this guy can also bowl a few overs. So, it's it's going to be very interesting. If you were to look at some of the other news, also IPL related. So, we have, um, you know, the Women's T20 Championship or the Women's T20 uh, League that's going to start off towards the end of the IPL season. So, the three teams... Are confirmed that they will be playing And as much as 12 uh, foreign players Foreign women players will also be participating So the 3 teams uh, will be read by Smriti Mandana Harman Prithkar and Muthali Raj Just like the last year So these 3 teams will be called Super Noas, Will be read by Harman Prithkar Trailblazers will be read by Smriti Mandana And Velocity which will be read by Muthali Raj So there will be 3 league games followed by a final So the dates will be November 4th to November 9th And it's going to be very interesting to see you know Thailand who also has one of uh, representatives being selected. So it's going to be very nice to see you know a lot of women international stars also taking part uh, on this side by side tournament with IPA. So let's see how this unfolds. So I think the plan is already set in place where they'll be arriving in Mumbai, they'll be undergoing some quarantine, then they'll be flying to UAE. The plan has been set about in such a way that the final will be played in the morning uh, before the men's final. So. This is always a good move and in spite of some corona related problems, it looks like at least this initiative has not been shelved and this initiative continues. So this is a very important step every year as far as women's cricket is concerned, this and WBPL. So these two tournaments have to go on and we one day hope there will be an equally engaging and an equally large women's IPL tournament or women's T20 challenge that will go on. So let's see how it unfolds in the coming years. In a little bit of disappointing news, once more, it looks like uh, four people have been arrested uh, by Bangalore police in relation to betting. Uh, that's uh, related to the ongoing IPL tournament. Uh, we know that this exists uh, sort of under the surface as far as uh, you know, Indian society is concerned, but this betting has to be rooted out, or at least if that can't be done, you know, they say uh, if you cannot uh, beat them, maybe join them. That's a that's a weird thing to say as far as betting is concerned, but maybe it's time the Indian government considers. Um, legalizing it and takes control of how it's done like how it's done in many countries in europe and america so i know that there is always a taboo and a stigma associated with uh, betting or gambling but everybody knows you'll have a bit more interest in the game once you have a bit of skin in the game once you have invested a little bit so this goes on illegally whether people like it or not but from time to time people get arrested you know in relation to this and four people have been arrested in bangalore they've been arrested with you know, a significant amount of cash 91 lakh rupees that's you know 9.1 million rupees Indian rupees that's a lot of money as well these things keep going on but let's hope you know this issue gets resolved one way or the other shortly uh, going on if you were to take a look at some of the non-IPL news so if you were to look at the COVID uh, situation so we know that uh, as far as Netherlands is concerned we are now at the peak of the second wave we really hope it doesn't climb any higher because it's currently more than six and a half thousand infections each day, new infections each day. So we are really cresting the second wave here and we really hope the wave dampens in the upcoming days and weeks. But when we look at the cricketing world, we see, for example, one Pakistan woman's player has tested positive for uh, Corona in an ongoing high-performance camp in Karachi. So the player and a couple of other players and support staff who have been interacting with her have been uh, isolated and uh, you know, they are being monitored currently. Similarly, the Bangladesh Cricket Board's chairman, has confirmed that there will be no Bangladesh Premier League this year. Unfortunately due to the ongoing corona related issues and you know how much the disease can spread if such a tournament were to be held, it's obvious that such a tournament would have to be cancelled, so it has been let go. It's again not a nice thing because it's always very good these sort of tournaments for regional cricket development. So it remains to be seen maybe if they are always uh, you know still with hopes that they would like to let's say they planned some t20 matches between asia 11 and world 11 so they are still planning to hold that maybe at least that can be done in place of a full-fledged bpl Uh, that's always a good thing for bangladesh cricket and uh when we were to take a look at a bit of positive news so uh, we had discussed in one of our earlier episodes that zimbabwe planned a trip of pakistan so this is going to go ahead so zimbabwe will send a you know a monitoring team to take a look at the conditions before the team arrives we have now gotten a clear idea that the government had gotten okay and they have selected a squad uh, the zimbabwe cricket board has gotten okay from the government and they have selected a squad and also you know the itinerary is coming out so you know we'll be probably getting to see some cricket in pakistan from 30th october and uh, with three odis which will happen um in Rawalpindi instead of Multan as it was earlier planned but the T20s will be hosted in Lahore so shortly after these three T20s it's expected that the four remaining games of the Pakistan Super League 2020 edition will also be completed again in Lahore so a lot of um, you know good news as far as cricket fans in Pakistan are concerned it has come to our notice that afghanistan opener najib tarkai najibullah tarkai has passed away due to a road accident so he had gone shopping and while crossing the road he was hit by a car and even though he was taken to the hospital and underwent emergency surgery, he did not survive the accident. Our uh, condolences to his family and friends. It's been a few days, we we'll understand, but somebody who was already represented Afghanistan in nearly 20 games and, uh, you know, in a very bloom of his life to have lost his life to a road accident is very, very unfortunate. So uh, we wish his family and friends can recover from the shock and loss and our condolences to them. In similar, you know, sort of uh, rounding up, of such a news Dean Jones who had passed away we had discussed this in our previous episode so he was given a farewell by his family only there were 10 members allowed but he was given with a farewell lap of MCG he's here at MCG Melbourne Cricket Crown so wherever he is looking down from I'm sure he'll be very happy moving on if you were to take a look at some of the other news we know that uh, you now there have been other tournaments that are wrapping up so, for example, the T20 Blast in UK, the finals was due. So, in the finals, Surrey were beaten by Nottinghamshire in a low scoring affair in the finals. That was also rain affected. It was reduced to just 16 overs a aside. So, Surrey, who are very, you know, very powerful batting lineup, they could not replicate the form from earlier in the tournament. They were only able to make 127 for 7 with the skipper of Nottinghamshire, Dan Christian taking 4-for-23, also a couple of catches he took. So when it came their turn to bat, Nottinghamshire were in a bit of trouble. They were 3-for-19, but from there they recovered thanks to Ben Duckett. And then towards the end, uh, Dan Christian came in and hit a few quick runs, and they won the finals comfortably. So congratulations to Nottinghamshire for winning the T20 Blast. In the last international games that happened, uh, Australia women versus New Zealand women, there was a ODI series going on, but the Australia women won the ODI series 3 nil comfortably. But at the same time, they have they have made a very special achievement as far as cricket itself is concerned, and definitely something really special for women's cricket. That is that they have um, equaled the 21 match winning streak that Ricky Ponting's eleven in the early 2000s had set up in ODIs. So now they have equaled that. So they have won 21 ODIs in a row, and the next time they take field, they'll probably be looking to beat this record. So they did this as they beat New Zealand team 3-0. No? We know that there's been a lot of trouble going on in uh, the Uh, South African uh, cricket circles with uh, a forensic uh, report of their finances being compiled. A few things from this report has come out and we can understand now why you know CSA was always very, very uncomfortable. It looks like Tabang Moro, the recently fired uh, chief executive, is very heavily implicated, but he's not the only one near the top of the chain that was very heavily implicated, unfortunately. So, you know, when you look at it, it's very tough to say if this one person is given all the blame But when you look at it, it's also very clear. Many others may have been involved and as a result, there may be many big names in South Africa's cricket uh, ruling fraternity who may be have to held responsible. So also, at least as far as CSA is concerned, they are pledging that they will be making this report available to the authorities, at least through the courts of South Africa so that if any actions need to be taken, they can be taken. But they are asking for a bit of time to set their house in order before this happens because Whenever such cleanup happens, there will be a lot of lot of uh, disturbances and maybe uh, if this house is not sound, it's like a big hurricane coming and if the house is not sound, it may be blown away. So as a result, they may want to be a bit careful here. So that's why they are probably looking to stabilize themselves before the full full uh, blast from these reports hit them. So in another slightly, let's say, disappointing news, it looks like FICA, the Federation of International Cricketers, the body that represents international cricketers is ready to go to battle. Uh, with ICC because the players have requested Fika to take this up with ICC because some of the revenues that ICC actually makes through its deals with third-party partners and other commercial partners while using the names and also images of the players, it, this revenue is not distributed to the players. So that means ICC is earning it, but even uh, some part of it is not distributed to the players themselves, especially when it comes to women's cricket. It's very obvious how marketable women's cricket has become recently and If this is not allowed to be disputed to the players, it doesn't seem right. So, it looks like there has been no, let's say, agreement between uh, FICA and uh, ICC and therefore we might see them at loggerheads shortly in courtrooms. So, we really hope it doesn't come to that and they reach a settlement outside of courts and some sort of sanity prevails because ICC cannot really cannot take any more distractions currently because they are already in a bit of a trouble because they have not yet elected a new president. Uh, Nobody knows why they are delaying. Nobody knows the real details behind it. Nobody knows how the planning is happening for the international tours beyond 2023. They have a lot of good things on the table. They have the World Test Championship. They have the ODI Championship that leads up to the World Cup in 2022. Uh, All of these are nice things. But... Nonetheless, they need to clean up their house and they cannot really afford to have a legal battle with, uh, let's say, it's a fairly powerful body, if I see. So, let's see how this news also pans out in the upcoming weeks. I would like to thank you once again for staying tuned. I know the last couple of weeks have been a bit uh, meager when it comes to the amount of news that uh, we are covering. Outside of IPL, there's not a lot. But uh, we would still like to keep you engaged and we would like to hear any feedback you may have regarding how our show is going. So if you have anything to share with us, please do write into us. You can write into us on Twitter at armchair pod or via mail, gmail.com. And during most IPL games, one of us will be online, me or the other co-host. So you can always have a banter with us. We hope to have your company for the upcoming episodes as well. Having said all this, it's a goodbye from me and we wish you a very good day ahead. Thank you. Bye bye. The armchair cricket podcast. News talk.